Hello, fellow songwriters, and welcome to the 13th episode of the How Songs Are Made podcast, where we talk to notable artists about their songwriting process. I am your host, Trey Xavier, and today we're going to be talking to my good friend, Myrone, about how he writes songs. Today's episode is sponsored by the amazing DistroKid and their awesome Splits feature. This is the DistroKid feature that I have used the most. Basically, you can very easily split all the incoming money from any given track or album between yourself and unlimited collaborators. For example, if Myrone here and I wrote a sick little jam, we could split at 50-50 when we upload it, and then we don't have to worry about it. We're not going to be, you know, 10 years down the line being like, you held out on me, bro. Where's my money? DistroKid automatically splits all the incoming revenue, and he'll never have to worry if I'm holding out on him. Deadbeat collaborators will never be a problem. Uh, Your collaborators will have to make a DistroKid account, but they'll get a 50% discount, so it's only 10 bucks. And as always, DistroKid never takes a cut. You and your collaborators get 100% of the earnings in total. Check the link in the description for 7% off your first year of DistroKid. Ooh, not bad, eh? So, he's the, the godfather of Soft Shred. He's the ripping guitar that you've heard on the Cobra Kai soundtrack. He is in a crazy sick band called Firstborn with Chris Adler. He's produced for Rivers Cuomo of Weezer. His most recent single, As My Roan, which is called Track Day, is out now. And he cannot be stopped. Please give a warm welcome to my friend, My Roan. The applause will... It's going to go in a second. Just you, It never goes on time. Amazing. I'm like, yeah! And then it comes at a really anticlimactic time, and it's funny. I hope it comes in like five minutes later at like a really awkward time. <laughs> It'll be good. Yeah. So, how are you doing, my dude? I'm chilling. The Myron album is finished. Working on finishing the Firstborn album, which is has been a long, crazy process, but very fun and rewarding. You know, just the usual writing and session work. Uh, that I can come across in my day-to-day and just trying to keep busy and stay sane. Part of the reason that I wanted to have you on, aside from the the obvious, um, which is just that you're incredibly sick all the way around, is that not only are you doing your own uh, thing, which is very unique, you're, make, you're making really great instrumental music, which is very hard to do with a lot of flavor. You are a working producer and songwriter for other artists. All of the things, you're doing all the things, you're coming at it from a, a variety of different angles. You're you're doing session work, the whole thing. And um, I really wanted to get the perspective of somebody uh, like you. And on top of that, you are my first in-person IRL guest. Oh yeah, we're here. Crazy. We're here, look. In reality, there's only one question on this podcast, really, and all the other ones are follow-ups. But normally we're talking about songwriting in the context of a particular album, but because you're doing so many different things, I didn't want to frame this one in that context. I want to know about your songwriting process as a whole. But the question is, what is your typical songwriting process like? And what's, how does it differ for the various projects that you're involved in? The short answer to that is that it's always different. But I guess we could compare like My Own and Firstborn. Both of those projects have, like mechanically, the songs get made in a little bit of a different way. But uh, the basic premise is usually the same. Uh, I'm a big believer in 
whenever you're like in front of the workstation or whatever, however it is that you write, as soon as you get the little kernel of an idea, sometimes it's a guitar riff. Sometimes it's like the, like on my own, I write a lot on piano actually. And it, so it's like, as soon as I get the little piano melody, my first thought always is like, how can I just make this into a song? Like, how can I get this to be like three minutes or two minutes, 45 seconds or whatever? Like, I need the skeleton of the song to happen like as fast as possible. Uh, because, you know, when I was starting out, I would, you know, you know, open up my computer and make like little eight bar loops or whatever, which is fine. But I find that like, if you, if you go through that process and you make the little eight bar loop and then you're like, okay, cool. Like I'm done for the day. When you come back to just the eight bar loop, it's hard to like expand it into a song because you're no longer in that like little flow state that you got into in the first place. So if you use that initial flow state to get the full like and like when I mean like get the song written, I mean it's it can be like crappy, like <laughs> like you have to you have to allow yourself to be like super shitty. But uh, just getting that skeleton down, like so for firstborn, mm-hmm. the way it works is I will sit down with my guitar, I'll just like sit there and play. Usually a little, like a a riff will start to happen, like a little idea, like a little, like a little motif will start to happen. And I'm like, okay, great. That's something I'm going to, I'm going to like just hit record. And a lot of times I'll just improvise it. Like I'll be like, all right, this riff that I'm playing, it it feels like a chorus. So, all right. So I need to like, I'm going to hit record and I'm, whatever happens is going to be the intro riff. And then I'll just keep going and keep improvising and as soon as i get that like verse pre-chorus chorus thing i'm like good you know mm-hmm. and then i'll you know I'll sit i'll sit there with it and i'm like i'll super lazy like copy paste stuff i'll like i'll like kind of just mash stuff around and if i'm lucky the process usually takes like 10 or 15 minutes and you know i'll i'll make a bunch of those and then i'll send them to chris and chris out of those they're not all good some of them are literally <laughs> horrible I'll send those to Chris and Chris will play drums. And usually when Chris plays drums on them, I'll be like, oh, cool. Like this riff needs to like change. And then Chris is really, has really amazing ideas as well, obviously. Uh, And he'll be like, oh, we should put this riff here. Or, you know, you keep kind of working on it. But you can't do any of that stuff unless you have like the bare bones skeleton of a complete song idea first. Because you can you can have like all the loops in the world, and it's like there's not a lot you can do with that. So you're immediately trying to get an arrangement, a, yeah. a structure yeah, for a the structure. song, yeah, yeah, yeah. a basic structure. That's that's so it's inception structure immediately, immediate as structure. soon as you can get as, it, as as soon as possible. And because it's, I find it. I I mean, I don't, you know, everybody's different, but I find it's much easier to you know, build your house if the foundation is strong. Mm-hmm. Um, it's much easier to put, like, meat on the bones rather than, like, you have this, like, huge vertical stack of, like, an eight-bar loop, and you're like, okay, great. Like, I've got my loop. It sounds like, like a smash it, like, chorus. All right, what do I do for the verse? That's, that's one brick of the house. Yeah, you kind of, like, you waste all your initial inspiration on, like, making, like, the... I don't know, like the fireplace or whatever. Yeah. And you like you need a kitchen and like a bedroom. So I, I like, you know, having everything like pre-planned out. So when you go add the meat, you know, that way it's like it's just you can make sure that stuff is good before you really start flushing it out. 
Cool. So uh, for those of you who don't know, this is, uh, he's talking about his, specifically his metal band with Chris Adler, James Lomenzo, and this crazy inhuman singer, Garish. Garish, the legend. Who's who's outrageously good. Um, Yeah. So what happens next once you've got that? Me and Chris will kind of like build up the tracks and there's, there's with Firstborn, there's kind of like this whittling away process. Like I would say out of every 10 or so riffs that I send to Chris, like one or two of them, he'll be like, these are like good enough for me to like put drums on, which is good. Like that's most people that I talk to that do music, they would say like, yeah, it's like one out of every 10 or one out of every 20 ideas that you have is like good enough to like pursue. Yeah. Um, so, you know, there's a filtering process where like Chris will play on the stuff that he like feels a connection to. And then we'll, me and Chris will go back and forth and kind of build it up. And then out of the pile of those like tracks, you know, we'll send those to Garish to, for vocals and it's like, oh, there's only so many of those that like he think like he gets inspired or he gets like vocal ideas for. So there's this kind of like natural like whittling away process. And then the last the last step um, is once like the vocals and the song is like written, we send it to James. And James usually like will a like play the most amazing bass that I've ever heard. But sometimes he'll come up with like little like special teams like ideas right at the end. Like there have been a couple where he's like he's like put like synth like real like subtle synth parts or background vocals like he's amazing like true like amazing versatile musician like coming in with like the little magic fairy dust at the end and then out of those you know only (laughs) some of those are like we're we're like ah this is like a truly like good song and we should release it yeah so there's this there's this kind of like natural like filtering process that takes place my own i like to write all the stuff on keys because it's an instrumental guitar project and i find that a lot of times when you're writing instrumental guitar stuff you you know i have that like lizard guitar player brain that's just like (laughs) oh just play as fast as possible all the time (laughs) just do things that are impressive you know yeah but unfortunately that's not what makes a good what's impressive to play on the guitar doesn't necessarily make a good song and i find I come up with more interesting melodies if I'm like writing them on keys or, or something like that. So, the skeleton part of my own song usually is a lot of times is like a piano or like a Rhodes of me kind of like going through like the melody and so like I, I wish I like had one like available like but my skeletons are the whole like they're so crappy. They have like <laughs> mistakes in them. Like they'll have the wrong chords because I I do it super fast. Like I, like I. A lot of times I act like, oh, like maybe I'm like on stage and someone has a gun to my head and they say like, play, like make me a song like right now. And I'm like, uh, <laughs> that, that's kind of like the mentality that I write at. Cause it, a, like when it only takes you like 10 or 15 minutes to write like a song idea, like think about how many of those that you can do, like you can really crank them out. Yeah. And then you can out, out of all those ideas, you can pick like the best ones and be like, all right, this one, this one I like when I when I just play it on keyboard, like I remember that melody. So maybe, maybe there's something good and memorable about this and maybe we can like flush it out and make it good. So when you're writing the Myrone stuff, you mentioned melody several times, which to me is the staple, the hallmark of Myrone stuff. Yeah. Is the, is 
so melodic, just top lines for days, like uh, on different on the different instruments, not just on guitar, because you got a lot of melody in all of your synth parts and stuff like that. So, are you typically uh, thinking of the melody first and writing around yes. that more than anything else? Yeah, melody melody first. A lot of times. You know, they happen in different ways. Sometimes I'll I'll like I'll figure out like a cool chord change. I'm like, oh, those are kind of that's there's sort of like cool movement between these like sets of chords. And then a melody will kind of like happen on top of it. And then sometimes I'll uh I always try to do melodies that like I always imagine this kind of like fantasy situation where like I've made it, I'm playing the stadium and I'm playing my guitar part and I can hear the audience sing along. Well, if you're going to have a big audience of like, you know, thousands of people singing a melody, it's got to be kind of simple, you know? So I always try to, to, to write stuff that like, I, I'm not like a great singer. So if I can like sing it in my mind or like, I've even put a mic up and like, just like sang melodies into the computer to, you know, play on guitar later, that helps it be like more musical rather than just like, oh, like it's just like a guitar player, like just running scales, you know? Yeah, th- I think that's a good philosophy to have, especially, uh, con- I mean, obviously it works a great deal. <laughs> like, every time I listen to you play, even when you're playing solos, I've never felt like you are unnecessarily wanky or shreddy for the sake of shreddy. Well, even it's because I'm not good enough to do the <laughs> hard stuff. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're very, uh, what's the word? You're very modest. Um, because there's there's plenty of shred, but it never feels feel it's never annoying and i think that's partly because of what you're talking about it but also because you tend to start with a very strong melody or a melodic idea even in your like firstborn solos and then if there's gonna be some ripping it's like instead of slathered all over the whole thing just to be a wanker well also (laughs) honestly a lot of the reason why it's like that is i always so like you know i have my fantasy situation of the crowd singing the solo, but I also have my nightmare situation of, oh crap, I <laughs> forgot the song. So a lot of like a lot of times it's the desire to be like memorable is like for me. So when I'm all on stage and I'm all nervous, I'm like, oh yeah, how does the song go? Oh yeah, it goes like this. And I can like I hear the melody in my head rather than like and I understand it as like a memorable melody rather than like it starts on the 17th fret and then I do tapping and then I do a swim arpeggio. <laughs> you know, like I would, I would. <laughs> Whammy bar dive and we're out. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That sounds ex- insanely stressful to me. And shout out to the people that can do that because I cannot. <laughs> so let's say for my own track, you've got that melody and some just a basic outline on piano or whatever. How do you generally build it out from there? What's a like? Let, let's use uh, track day as an example. Oh, because, okay. Mo- mainly because I've got it in my ears. Right. That was the first thing I think I came up with. There's a uh, one of my favorite uh, patches in the entire world is in the Korg Legacy VST bundle there, which is all of Korg's like old uh, synths. In the M1, which is like kind of a late 80s, 90s synth workstation, uh, there's a patch called uh, Super Brass or something, which is like basically like the most like just like the the funniest like late 80s, like fake like synth brass sound. And, you know, I was just like, all right, let me pull this up and let me get like a little like I played that and I was like, okay, I this kind of feels like a song. And then 
it's you know when you do all this stuff in like 10 minutes it's it's kind of hard to remember what came <laughs> first but you know i came up with that and I, before james uh played on it the bass was just like eighth note like synth bass so i think i just uh i think i like used the eighth note synth bass and that and then um maybe like a keyboard patch and just i kind of just banged everything out and then started adding more and more stuff I knew kind of how the the drums I wanted them to sound, so I actually programmed out a full drum part before Chris played on it. Okay, uh, it was it was something that I made, and then I was talking to you know I was working with Chris and James on Firstborn stuff, and I kind of like mustered up the courage. And I was like, <laughs> Would you guys ever want to play on like my own song? And they were like, yeah. And I was like, oh, oh well, <laughs> like when am I ever going to get this <laughs> oh, opportunity <shit>. again? Uh, <laughs> yeah. It's definitely the proggiest, I, I would say, of of the Myron tracks that I've spent a lot of time with, I think. Oh, interesting. It, it feels like it has the mo- it goes the most places for me, um, at least, I don't know. Yeah, um, that was on purpose. There's a, lo- I was, there's a lot. I was definitely trying to, to, to jam like the kitchen sink in there on purpose. Like there's a little, uh, I call it like the lo-fi hip hop part kind of uh-huh. after the the main big solo where it's just like the the keys and the <laughs> i was just trying to do i was just trying to be funny basically <laughs> i think f- fun and humor is yeah uh, no is it's underrated in music People, yeah you know? um it's how i keep myself from like not getting bored while i'm making it it's like i have to make it fun for me so a lot of times that ends, it's just me like try, doing like little inside jokes with myself like oh it wouldn't be funny if i did like i pulled up like a lo-fi hip-hop like you know vhs piano sound and put like a little part right into like the a big like intro or something like that it worked (laughs) yeah one of the things that i really been meditating on lately one of my buddies this guy dan kalisher he's like an amazing guitar player session guy amazing lap steel player amazing like just that he's like the musician that i want to be i remember we were talking one time he was like you know a lot of times songwriting is it's all about playing with having some sections be like tight and then some sections be like loose and wide and kind of like alternating back and forth between those type of dynamics. So like maybe you're ver- like, and you can do it like however way you want, but as long as you have that that like change in that juxta- juxtaposition, that really helps. Because uh, you never like, it's so funny, like when I was a kid, when I, like when I was like setting up my like guitar sounds, it's like, oh, I want like the one sound that I can use for the entire song, and it's kind of it's kind of like a bad way of thinking. Like you want uh, you want your song to have changes and dynamics. You want to be doing different things and having different approaches in different sections because that's what creates like the arc for the story that you're telling. So like maybe in the verse you'll have like just like. A couple tracks and they'll be like really tight and really like staccato and in the chorus like there's more layers that come in and they're played looser and it, you know the mi- even in the mix like maybe your mix in the for the verse is like a little bit more mono and then in the chorus it, everything comes stereo and it's like this crazy thing and what you said is about it working the other way too like i i didn't think about it working that because i almost always do it the way you're describing like a very sort of staccato tight verse and then big open chorus but uh that dua lipa song yeah yeah, yeah. exactly it's called don't show up is that, or is um, that don't, whatever yeah, yeah. Uh, where, uh, where that where it's this uh, big drop uh, and uh, then the, the chorus is literally just the, the drums and the bass yeah yeah and it's perfect. and it's super staccato like boop, 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 yeah. boop, funky bass tight 
somehow works like uh, gangbusters. Oh, well, yeah. But just like you're saying, it's mostly going from one to the other, like, and keeping those in, things in mind yeah. as you're going. Making because it's like you can have the, you can have the, the bit, you can have a, a section of your song with like a hundred tracks in it, and it will sound small unless you put a section before it that's like, like one instrument you know it's it's not so much like the amount of stuff in the song it's like the differences between the sections that that's like what creates the like the moment when you're like listening and and your arm hairs stand up or or something like that you're like whoa this is so different i can't believe it like went here (laughs) like they took it here with this that's crazy (laughs) that's like what i'm always trying to like chase is like that feeling like what you did that yeah it's a trick that you can use a lot but throughout the course of a song you have to vary it up even within that oh, yeah. idea because yeah. if you just do the exact same thing like every time the next part of the song hits like it loses some of its effectiveness yeah. right like every, you know when, when i do like a chorus or whatever it's like i can't copy paste that chorus three times it's like every time the chorus comes around there has to be something different there's got to be like a there's got to be something like maybe i play the riff different Maybe the vocal does something different. Maybe there's like a extra layer. Maybe the drum in- instead of like riding the hi hat is riding a crash, or like vice versa. Like there's, it's this constant struggle of. I think some someone said that that the average attention span like now is like four seconds or so. Like they like they do. I don't know how they measure that, but I've <laughs> I heard that and I believe it because that's how short my attention span is. <laughs> so when you think about that, it's like okay, like. If you're doing anything, if things are stagnant for like longer than that, people are going to hit next on Spotify. They're going to hit the shuffle button and you're not going to get your stream or whatever. So I constantly think about like, all right, like I got to grab this person's attention and then I just, I cannot like, it's like, no, 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 don't focus on that. No, 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 no. Here's a new thing. Here's a new guitar lick. Here's like, uh, you know, you're like, it's, it's, it's like you're in front of a baby and you're like, no, 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 look at this. You know, that's like, that's what making songs is. <laughs> Babysitting songwriting yeah, with my own. Yeah. Because people, I, and like I do this, like I'll like listen to music and I'll be like, no, no. <laughs> you know, because, because of how like ubiquitous and how like, how how there's just so much content and so much music it's like you really gotta you know compete and make sure people's attention is captivated and you think like oh i just gotta keep this person's attention for three minutes it's so hard it's impossible because there's 90 billion other people that are probably better than you <laughs> at keeping this person's attention so you really gotta try and you really gotta think like how like how is the how is the song evolving? How is it changing? How am I playing with the dynamics? Like how how is this changing over time? Because it's again, it's one thing to make like a little eight bar loop. It's an, it's another thing entirely to like come up with a structure that tells a story that ha- that touches on different things and but also at the same time is wrapped up into like a singular idea that um, someone can say, oh, I heard the song this uh, the other day. It's super great. It goes, you know, like, yeah, yeah. And you're thinking like that for your own music, of course. um, But also you're like we've discussed, you're you're working on other people's music. You are uh, unless I'm wrong, you're writing for other people as well Mm -hmm. as producing them. So you are presenting music to them and you're like, hey, here's something that I think will Get, basically you make might, you money. You, you, like, you, you might like this here. Yeah. Well, 
or whatever. When I, when I write for other artists, like usually they're, I mean, in the times that come out, it's like usually they're in the room. Like when I worked with Little Boots, for example, she like she came over and we like made stuff together. But and that's super fun because it's you get to figure out like, oh, like what do they like? What what vision do they have? for like their song because they're the ones that have to go out and like sell it and play it and do all the work and do all this stuff so it's really fun to kind of like get inside their head and be like oh like what are you listening to like what what kind of sounds are you envisioning for your new project and you can in some ways it's like it's almost more fun because it's like you're like you know with my own i'm like oh I, it's got to kind of sound like this because like my aesthetic's kind of like this mm-hmm. and like i kind of have like a little niche that's like this vibe and sometimes it's like very freeing to just be like, all right, I'm just gonna do like what this person wants and like offer them like like help help them like like find like their like treasure or whatever. Yeah, but you're also like you are thinking about their success as an artist, but you're thinking about what's gonna make them happy and stoked for their song. Yeah, I imagine that part of that. At least for me, as a as a piece of shit narcissist, um, having external validation and like having people like what you do, having that success for of whatever kind, like positive reinforcement. I guess I'm curious how much you're thinking about that kind of thing, like as you're going, not whether or not it's going to make the money necessarily or whatever, but like going like, okay, what are what is the listener going to like? What's the average listener going to think about? these short attention span you know are you are you going like hmm or is it uh unconscious or you just not or you just go fucking go for it whatever first and foremost i try to make stuff that i like or in the case if i'm working for an artist i i try to make stuff that they like like with firstborn whenever i send riffs to chris like we've been we you know we've been working on stuff for almost two and a half years at this point I kind of know what kind of stuff Chris likes to play drums on. Because there's been a lot of stuff I've sent him where he's like, ah. <laughs> and I'm like, what? It's so cool. And it's like, he's like, yeah, but like, you know, he's got like a style. So the number one objective is making stuff that everybody on the team likes. And then the, the second objective is finishing the song. Because, you know, I've done a lot of sessions where I've sat there and I've like, I've made beats for people or I've, I've been like, what do I like this? What about this? What are this? And then it's like at the end of the day, you don't have anything, which stinks, but you know, that happens. You're not going to like hit it off and write amazingly with everybody. I've, I've had some like some sessions where like, I felt like a fool afterwards. I'm like, I, wow. Like I just spent like eight hours in this room with this person and like it was super awkward the whole time and i didn't come up with anything good and oh that's always rough but hey it happens you know damn that first of all that sounds humbling oh yeah but i i the older i get the the more i seek out situations where i get um i get humbled because that's what makes me better you know it's like if, if i if i just like stay in my comfort zone and keep making the same stuff like i'm gonna stagnate like yeah. I want to be in situations where like I'm writing with people where they're like, oh, like this is cool, but like, can you work on this? Like, for example, uh, this week and last week, I've been dipping my toe back into K-pop stuff again. And one of the challenges with that genre in particular is they really like all the sections of the song to really have like unique feelings. One of the beats I did it kind of has like a like aha take on me kind of vibe in the verse and then the chorus is hard style 
<laughs> you know, like it's, it's crazy. But, um, I sent that in and I'll, it, it's a lot of work to do tracks like that. Cause you just have to do all these changes and there's so many different sections. And I remember I sent it in and, uh, my friend, uh, that I'm writing with, who's like, he's amazing. He was like, this is really good. Uh, but, uh, can we work on like the toms and the pre-chorus? I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> like I thought I sent in like a bang, like an undeniable banger. And he was like, this is cool, but like let's get those toms to the I was like, all right. But I love that. Yeah. Uh, you know, like it's like I turned in like maximum effort work and then they were like, oh, we need a little bit more. So I'm like, okay, cool. Like I'm getting stronger in this moment because people are like, they're like more, you know, like it's you're good. like witness me, and yeah. he's like mediocre. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was like, oh, oh yes, you know. In, in my younger years, I'd have been like, oh, this, this they don't know what they're talking about. Like, blah, blah, blah. but but now I'm like, okay, cool, all right, sick. Yeah, even even Chris, like a couple times on riffs, like I remember when I talked to him, I was like, why, like why did you want to work with me? And he was like, oh, you know, I've been listening to your stuff for a while, and like there were a couple ones you did that were like a little bit more metal. And I knew if I like kicked your ass a little bit that we could do like some good stuff. And I was like, okay, yeah. I mean, makes sense because I've definitely sent some stuff to him, and he's just been like, no, <laughs> this is not. Nope. Yeah, it was just good, you know. Putting a lot of uh, faith in you, you know. Like he's expecting you to bring the majority of the ideas to the table. I wouldn't right? say that. I no? mean, he he'll like text me and be like, oh, we should do a, a song he's the king of like the apple like voice notes mm -hmm. he'll be like oh can you like do like a riff that's like dun, 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 you know like he'll like send me stuff like that oh, okay and, and like to me i i i love like, like an assignment you know when people are like oh can we try something like this especially when i'm like oh i don't know about that like that doesn't sound like a good idea just forcing myself to go through that process of trying something that's like outside my comfort zone usually yields something that is at least interesting i don't know like you know I, I never know if anything is, like, good or bad. Uh, but there are definitely times when things are, like, interesting and not interesting. And usually when people are like, oh, can you try doing something like this? I know it's not usually your, like, what you do. But, like, let's maybe, like, try this. I'm like, oh. Because usually what happens is I'll try to do what they want and I can't do it. So I, like, make up my own, like, fake way of doing it. And it's like, oh, like, it's my style and with like a added flavor and it's something new and fresh so you're consistently being pushed because you're, i try to be when i when i'm not when i when i don't feel like i'm being pushed or like i don't feel like i uh it's like going to the gym you know it's like if you're in there and you're like you want to go in there and like set prs or whatever you want the the weights to go up you want to you want your body to like feel better music's the same way like you want you want to like be working on stuff that's like outside of your comfort zone. You want to be trying stuff that you haven't tried before. Because if you just do the same thing over and over again, you're going to get the, the same results, and which can work for some people. <laughs> I mean, there are people that have made amazing careers out of just like doing the same thing over and over again. But I, I don't see. Well, but they're like, if you, if I did what ACDC did, I would, yeah, of Why course. Why would you change? Yeah. Like if you find enormous success doing one thing, I always tell people this, like with YouTube, like if you have a gigantic hit on YouTube, just do the same thing over and over again until you die. Like just <laughs> yeah, basically like, like if it keeps win. hitting every time and it probably will, if you find a formula, just go with it. Like, yeah, but find the formula. Like all, all of my songs kind of have like the same structure. Like I don't really stray too far out of like the verse, chorus, verse, chorus, bridge, solo, chorus, <laughs> song structure. 
because it works. But you know, like there's there's some stuff that you got that is just got to be formulaic, and there's you got to like you got to kind of like rest on like the stuff that you're good at. But at the same time, it's like you want to keep trying like new things, and that process can be scary sometimes because you'll try some new stuff, and it'll, it'll the result will just be like the worst thing that you've <laughs> ever heard. Like I, you know, like I have so many like stuff that i made where i'm like i'm like embarrassed about it i'm like oh my god i can't believe i <laughs> thought this was dope but at the same time what's the uh what's the actual downside it sits in a folder on your computer nobody else ever has to hear yeah. it yeah <laughs> or i mean i did upload about 280 songs to Bandcamp the other day because there there was all the stuff that like well i'm not going to do anything with this and if you're curious you can go listen to it i don't i'm very curious about that actually it was was called system i called it data breach data breach you know just like pretending like someone like hacked my computer and found all my embarrassing demos and put them on the internet that's a fucking hell of a tactic though that's a thing like they weren't i mean i just had them on my computer they weren't doing anything i was like well i could try to make money off these i guess <laughs> but i mean some of them are just like st- like beats I- beats i made in sessions or like stuff i made like it's a lot of it is just stuff that i like made and hit export and like maybe like never listen to again and like some of it is like ooh, <laughs> i don't know about that it's the buckethead approach the uh yeah volume man i love buckethead. volume <laughs> Well, how does he how does he fucking do it though? He like, just, he just he just he just has discipline. He just does it, you know. You get to a point with your with your craft and your you know, just like just like jazz guys can, you know, sit in a session and uh, you know, it's like, "Oh, it's your turn to solo." And they can just come up with stuff for like 8 hours. Yeah. The same thing goes for songwriting. You just get to a place with your craft and like, you know, Buckethead has has his things that he does, you know. He like he has like a style and you just you just iterate on the style. You know, like you were saying earlier with, like, the YouTube video, like, formula, it's, like, you figure out what your strengths are, and you kind of just make, like, a billion of those ideas, and some are good, some are bad, and you just keep doing it, you know? So, what's a typical day look like for you, like, generally, if you're, if you don't have a session with someone else that you're writing Mm -hmm. with, what do you do? If you're like, um, today's the day that I'm going to do some songwriting. I'll take you back to Wednesday of last week because that, I feel like that, that was like a, a nice day for me. I felt like I was in my element and I felt like I was doing all the things I should. Wednesday was cool because I woke up, I went to the gym. People are, have been paying attention to all the gym metaphors. I like for the first time in my life, I've been like regularly going to the gym, which has been, which has been awesome. Highly recommend going to the gym rules i'll go to the gym like wake up eat breakfast go to the gym i'll get showered uh and then you know i'll sit in front of my computer and on that particular day k-pop writer friend was like oh like the side note to all this is i have this k-pop writer friend who's like the most insane vocalist i've ever worked with and he kind of like left the industry for a little bit or like he wasn't he kind of like got into computer programming for a little bit and then he's like he hit me up and he's like, oh, I'm back. Like, I need tracks. I was like, what kind of tracks do you need? And uh, he sent me over, uh, like, the the labels will sometimes, like, have, like, lists. Like, who's looking, what, what kind of stuff they want. And I was like, okay, sick. So I, like, made, like, a, a track for him, which took, because it was a K-pop track, like, took a better part of the day. Like, maybe four or five hours. And then, uh, you know, it's, it's at some point. 
during that time there was lunch happened <laughs> um probably like some like house stuff happened and then dinner happened and then at the end of the day so india time and america time are literally opposite i think it depends on if it's daylight savings time or not but right now it's like it's the opposite plus or minus 30 minutes so usually kind of at night that's when i'll hear from garish and garish like sent me like some vocal takes for a song that we're working on and i kind of like went back and forth with him a little bit like oh can you try this here like uh and then by that time it was like night so i like fired up some Elden Ring and then <laughs> relaxed and then went to bed. Yeah. That's a, a good day. That's a, that's a productive, that's, that's, you felt. That's ideal. It kind of depends on like if I'm like in finishing mode or if I'm just doing like raw output. Like if I'm doing raw output, like just making skeletons, especially for Firstborn, I can knock like three of those out on like a good day. Like full, like three minute, like just like riff skeleton things for Chris to play on. So like in the last like year or so, it's like I've I've woken up, I've like I'll like do gym or do take care of business, um, and then I'll like send a bunch of skeletons to Chris, and then you know the other part of this is like just like emailing people, like just emailing people songs all the time, all the day, every day. Like I <laughs> I do I do it to the point where I I personally feel like I'm being annoying, but like I'll just you know I have like folders and folders of songs on my computer, and I'll just I'll check in with like industry people all the time be like hey like how's it going like what are you working on here's like stuff that here's like what i'm doing and then you like yeah, something will happen or something might not happen but it's all i just i just try to like stay in the process of making files to send to people and then getting those files back and then finishing them and then sending to other people and just kind of, just, i just kind of just try to keep it going at this point and every day is like a little bit different sometimes i'm doing skeletons sometimes i'm like mixing songs and like finishing them and doing all like the nitty-gritty like weird like mix decisions like tweaking the arrangements on a very basic level it's just making making the file and sending the file making the file send the file and just repeating that process like forever <laughs> and ever and ever you know well it's cool to hear like that you just have so many of these files yeah most of them are bad though i want to i want to like emphasize that like most like i like most are like not good which is but that's normal that's everybody everybody yeah. that i've ever met and i've talked to it's like oh yeah like yeah it's like but that's great. why you have to have so many of them yeah no, because no, no. the you the want quality the, the comes tip through of the your quantity. Yeah, yeah the tip of your iceberg grows a lot slower than the whole iceberg but you have to grow the tip by a lot because yes. if the tip is only one song and and the rest of the iceberg is 10 songs you, you can't make a career out of this no. unless you get really really super duper lucky yeah. you want the tip of the iceberg to be a thousand songs and ten thousand yeah <laughs> underneath or yeah, whatever. I would, yeah that's what it takes mm -hmm. is that much sheer output and um it's or it's, it seems like and it seems to be working out pretty well for you you don't have another job right you're not a you're not like also a janitor <laughs> i'm doing music full time i mean some days it's better than others and like you know there definitely have been moments when i'm in my life where like i've been like oh god like <laughs> i don't know what i'm doing but you know i'm still here i'm still making stuff i i still have all my 
my hands and my <laughs> fingers. So I'm, I guess I'm going to like keep on making this stuff and hoping that it works out, I guess. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about the Myron album that's done now. Is that going to have the single on it, Track Day? Yeah, yeah. Track okay. Day is on there. Uh, what is it called, the album? It's called Soft Shred Universe. You didn't call it the Universe? Oh. Yeah, yeah. Go back to go back to the. Damn. <laughs> go in your Photoshop file. Oh man, just fix it. Yeah. Oh crap, <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty good. No, I think it's gonna be called uh, Soft Shred Universe. Maybe Universe is the the next one, like the the evolution, the uh, expanded so, soft. Yeah, disc. expanded edition. Uh, soft Shred Universe, the universe. <laughs> I finished like the audio portion of it last year. And it's the first time where I've where there are, there are outside players on it, which is kind of cool. You know, Chris and James play on one, and then there are a couple others where my friend Omar, who plays bass for uh, Blackpink, he plays bass on a couple tracks. This drummer named I found off TikTok named Maestro plays on a couple tracks, and they're I'm really excited about them. They're very like straight up like fusion like. Oh, wow. Like, fun. Yeah, they're fun. Um, and then, you know, it's got the, you know, usual assortment of, like, different styles. Like, me trying to play guitar over over stuff that normally doesn't have solo guitar on. <laughs> like, there's, like, a... There's kind of, like, a 90s house track that I'm pretty excited about. That's got some, some tasty licks over the top of it. But, uh, yeah. I kind of feel like... That's the moment when I usually like when I usually notice a certain artist who has been maybe um, just the like a lot of like be- like bedroom producer types of guitarists and stuff like that who have like been doing everything themselves for a while and then they kind of like open it up and like make it a more of a live band type of thing like when they you know they go like oh like oh I guess I could like have other people play on it yeah I guess that, I could have feels uh, like the a drummer play they... play on this instead of me just programming it. <laughs> Which, by the way, like, oh, also, yeah, shout out to every drummer that spent the pandemic, like, really getting their home recording situation, like, on lock, because that is the future. Like, me being able to, like, you know, like, kind of rough out these songs and, like, you know, program, like, crappy drums and then be able to send it to these guys who are, like, super good and they like they have their like recording stuff uh like sorted it's like yes finally you know (laughs) it's the kick in the pants that they needed well yeah it's like this the studio is at home now like everything sounds good like everybody's got the same plugins that you know the people that are winning grammys have it's kind of like no excuse anymore but it's great like i feel like in this weird like disjointed way of like me like sending files back and forth like i'm finally getting the thing that i always wanted which is like i want my music to have this kind of like live energy to it of you know people playing you know in the past i've spent like a long time like trying to program like really realistic drum parts and there's there's stuff on my album that that's still programmed but uh man even even if like the the drums like aren't like recorded as well as like the sample libraries it's like always better it's the best especially when you work with with great players like i'm really lucky that like i have access to like some of these guys and it's just man when you like send somebody like 
something that like I like the two that Omar and Maestro play on. Like I had those two like pretty much like I was like excited about them. And I was like, oh well, maybe I should just try like having them play on it. And it's just they just take it to like the next level like every time and I'm it's the best. When you bring in specialists on their instruments, on their on anything really, you re- you realize your sh- all of your shortcomings in that area. Yeah. You go like, oh, like I'm pretty good at programming drums. I can even play a little bit. And when I hand it off to a real drummer, I just go like, oh no, I'm yeah. I'm a fucking idiot. Yeah, yeah. You re- you start <laughs> Why realize- didn't I think of you that? realize a lot of stuff. Um, I realized that a lot with uh, with Chris actually like. When I first started working with him, I was like, oh, I bet like I bet the drums he's gonna send back are like super complex and he'll be doing stuff that I'll like I'll never have like thought of. And it's interesting, like the drum like his drumming is I don't wanna say more simple than I thought, but it's like it's it's like pretty straightforward. It's just like he just has this ability to just like just to keep up the intensity in in ways that like I can't even like imagine. But like when you work with guys like that, you kind of realize like they don't really focus like they like Chris always does what he believes is right for the song. Like he doesn't really care about like being like a, like a shredder drummer. Like he tells me this all the time. He's like he's like dude, I don't I don't care. Like I he's like I honestly can't believe like people like think that I'm like this like kind of drummer that people think I am. Like he just does like what he thinks is right for the song. Now, he tries to avoid doing stuff that's like too normal, which can have its advantages and disadvantages. Like sometimes you do need to do like you know, it's like sometimes like you're like what should the guitar riff be? Well, if I it works if I just do like eighth notes on one note. <laughs> but you know, there's like a part of your brain that says, "Oh, what if you make it super complicated?" Sometimes you just got to do the eighth notes and and chris is 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 really good about like the parts that need to be like simple he'll do but uh he he he's really good at like with finding like ways of like doing the simple thing but adding like one little twist that like just makes it super next level and i'm like i would have never thought to do that and it's like a lot of times what he does is not like it's not really like that mechanically like challenging it's just like a good idea you know and that's like that's in my experience. That's what I find like separates a lot of the people who are like, you know, the legends from like the people who are good. I think that also plays into a little bit of what you were talking about earlier with the song structure. I find that people who are trying to reinvent the wheel every time with the song structure and create some brand new thing, it's very rarely as compelling as taking a familiar structure and adding little twists yeah. to it, changing it up. Um, pushing against the boundaries of what what's already in place, yeah, yeah, yeah. and that's it's kind of like what you're talking about. Like by the time the the second chorus comes around, you want people to be like screaming it, you know. And you can't do that if you're like faking them out too many times. You got to pick and choose your fake outs. Oh, another another amazing thing Chris taught me. He was like, it's all about you get people doing a head nod, and that you must never let that like you cannot let the head knob stop. Like if you put on the song and, and you're nodding and there's a part where you stop, you have to fucking fix it. The head knot has to go through the entire song. And I was like, oh, I never really like thought of it like that. But now like when I'm writing, I'll just be like sitting there like, and then I'll, you know, especially like in like transition moments where I like try to drop stuff out or 
you know, get too fancy, I'll be listening to it and I'd be like, oh shit, like that's that's like a little too complicated and I lose the head nod. Like I need to like keep that energy going. It really like it was it's kind of just like something he like said offhand to me. And I was like, whoa, that is a really next level and like simple way of just thinking about all this. Wow. Yeah. And I think especially for the kind of music that you guys are playing in that in that band and what he's played before and Lamb of God and stuff like that. Like it's it's very complex in a lot of ways, but never in a way that takes away from the experience and the emotional response and the and the physical feeling of the music. Like you're talking about, like with the head nod, with the just the yeah, it just always feels really good. Yeah. And you're do- you're doing a lot in that band. I mean, when I was listening to that stuff and the Myrone stuff, and like I'm thinking about how with the Myrone stuff, there's all these layers, there's lots of synths and and stuff. The melody in the guitar and stuff carries it a lot of the time, but not all the time. With Firstborn, you you're doing you're just there all the time. You're, yeah, no, there's there's you, less cheating in Firstborn. Because it's, I try, I you, really try. You're killing yourself to, with no cheating. <laughs> I, I, with Firstborn, like, the the track counts are, like, are much lower than Meyer Rohn songs. Because it's just, like, I, I try to think of it like it's Van Halen, you know? There's guitars, bass, and drums, and vocals. And, like, maybe there's, like, a little special teams track. But I really try to have it, like, distilled. You don't even have rhythm guitar tracks when you're playing solos. Oh, yeah. I noticed that on every song, I was like, as soon as the solo comes in, rhythm guitar tracks are out. Yeah. And I was like, damn, that's like nude guitar soloing. Like, that's that's crazy hard. Oh, really? I kind of think it's easier. You can play more, like, outside notes. That's and, true. Because, like, if you have a chord there implying, like, a, a certain kind of, like, harmony, like, it limits your note choices a that's little true. bit. When if it, when it's just the root note, you can, you know, I I don't <laughs> really I don't really know how to do jazz, but one of the, the like the I remember there was a day I kind of figured out like a lot of jazz is like putting the pentatonic I mean, there's probably some jazz guy watching this is like, "No, this is so wrong." <laughs> but one of the 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 tricks I figured out is there's all these little moves that you can do with the pentatonic scale where like if you play that, you know, the minor pentatonic scale that everyone knows, if you just, like, play that over, like, different root notes, like, there's all this, like, kind of crazy stuff you can do. And, like, there's stuff where you can, like, move it up a half step or, like, do it, like, on, like, a, a fifth up or, like, all this stuff. Scott, There's a really great uh, Scott Henderson video where he talks about doing stuff like this. Uh, but if you just have, like, a bass note, I find you can get away with, like, doing, like, little... Yeah. You know, I'm always trying to, like, do, like, the fake, like, Chris Poland, like stuff where like you throw in like weird chromatic stuff and yeah first of all that's not bullshit i studied jazz quite a bit in college okay and i literally had jazz teachers tell me like oh if you want to play outside like you literally just like take the right thing and like move it up a half step like move like take it a half step out and and like you just literally like if you want to play outside just play something that's wrong like play like with good phrasing and confidently just one half step up or down yeah, and yeah, wrong. Yeah. And also the thing you're talking about pentatonics, there's a book. It's called Advanced Modern Rock Guitar Soloing or something, um, by oh shit, a Berkeley teacher that I that I read inside and out. And it's all about using pentatonic scales to imply cool modal shit like like you're talking yeah. about. Like 
even just using basic um, like box patterns that you already know and yeah. just putting them in a certain place to achieve yeah, that, different sounds. That, the one that I that you know the one that everyone starts out you can, you can get away with just moving that thing anywhere sometimes. <laughs> it's great. Yeah. Yeah, people uh, tend to get stuck in the one spot with it, but you can achieve crazy, crazy shit. Yeah, like, and, and you can do it by just, uh, by almost like forcing yourself to mess up. Because, like, think about it. Like, what, like, what's, what's more interesting? Like, watching someone walk down the stairs, or watching someone like on the first step, like trip, they fall, they do a fucking backflip, and like hit their face. And then they somehow land on their feet at the end. Like, what are you going to remember more? You know, that's definitely more interesting to yeah, watch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I wouldn't want to be the guy on the stairs. Well, sometimes you got to be, you know. And sometimes you you are like not on purpose. I like that you're really going out on that limb, though, because you can hear every little thing when you're when you're just ripping over a bass line and drums. You know, like I've uh, heard a lot, like. I love listening to it because it has that element of danger that you're talking about. Oh, There's this like, yeah. Oh, like, yeah, especially with me because I'm like, oh, I don't really know what I'm doing. <laughs> Hope this works out well. <laughs> so you've also mentioned that there's a Firstborn album that is now, it's done? It's not, no, or it's still making it. it. Uh, okay. I think like, you know, it always depends. I, I, I like want to say like, it's mostly like written. Like I would say like half of them are like done, done. And then the other half, like the tracks are done. And like, it's, we're just like doing like vocals and getting the bass in there. And like, but I say that, but like, I'm still like, I'm probably going to go home and like write riffs and send them to Chris. And like, y- you never know. Like sometimes like, y- like I write one and Chris is like, this is the best thing I've ever heard. I'm sending you drums like tonight. Like, and then, I always try to leave room for like, you know, the the buzzer beater to happen, you know, like the the half court shot that goes in and it like makes the album and it's like the single or whatever. So, but we are we are like I see like the end of the tunnel on that on this album or whatever. Yeah. Because the other things you put out so far, correct me if I'm wrong, have been an EP and a couple of singles, yeah, right? Yeah. So this will be the debut full length. Yeah, the full length, the the fully realized final form well initial final form <laughs> the com- the complete masterworks greatest hits yeah <laughs> that's pretty cool and um any plans for like uh touring at this oh, point oh yeah and i my number one goal in life is to get everybody in the same room cuz i i literally haven't met any of them in real life yet um which is but i like i talk to them all the time i like call them you know yeah I had a lovely phone conversation with James the other day. <laughs> yeah, like I talk to him all the time. Uh, we have like a group chat, but uh, I've never, you know, because like I I linked with Chris and at the end of 2019 and then a panini happened. I remember when that happened. You hit me up and you were like... Yeah, I didn't think it was him. I was like, am I being catfished? to know if this is really this his email address? Really, yeah, I straight up thought I was being catfished. I was like, oh my God. Yeah, it worked out. Like all I care about in life, like I just want to... A, like, be in the same room and, like, play all the stuff that we've made and just, like, just feel it at, like, a super loud volume. And then B, like, I want to play it. I want to play it for people. I feel like doing a first-born show would be so fun. Like, it's, it's like, such a selfish pro- project for me because it's, like, if you if you told me to, like, oh, like, make your ideal metal band, like, 
I would pick these guys to do it. <laughs> like I and I feel like super lucky all the time that like I'm kind of like in this situation where it's like it's like oh like I'm writing a metal riff like uh, what should the drums sound like? Oh well, why don't I like why don't I just call like one of the the best drummers ever and have him play? <laughs> like oh, what should the bass sound like? Well, like I always like you know I always like a really fat like deep low end bass. Oh, this guy is kind of like one of the best guys at doing that. And I I really love like kind of like like do-esque like vocals like oh well th- there's this guy that like he's really good at, he's kind of like the only guy that does that so i f- i feel like super lucky and blessed and it, it weirdly like makes it like really easy because i feel like it's, it's just like it's just like oh I, I basically like i've i've got these four personalities including myself and we all have kind of like our distinct styles so like basically all i have to do is just hit record or have them have them hit record on their end and send me the file and it's it's kind of just like it's it's easy you know yeah easy of course is is relative but when you're working with top notch talent easy yeah, gets it's easier like these guys you know Garish has his own band like they've all like made records they're all good at what they do so there's I don't really have to like produce them too much you know um they all kind of like you know I don't have to like really I mean I push them in some ways. But uh, they, you know, it's they, they all have like like kind of like a baseline level of excellence that like I don't I'm not in there like fixing stuff. Usually it's, it's usually it's like, you know, like they'll send me their files and I just like drag them into the session. I'm like, well, yep. Sounds good. <laughs> like, <laughs> All right. A little EQ and then uh, set it off. Cool. Are, are you mixing the uh final product also? the first ep i mixed and like a, a couple of the, the singles i mixed but lately for the album we've been having machine who produced ashes of the wake and sacrament and you know him and chris go way back and he's kind of like you know the architect behind chris's like you know most revered drum sounds so and oh man i learned so much from him just like just getting my stuff mixed by him like what hearing what he does to the files i'm like oh you can do that okay (laughs) he's great he has like a level of a of attention to detail that i do not and he like really man again like insanely blessed to just like have somebody on this project who like i a hundred thousand percent trust to like all right here's like what we did just like give me like the the last like most important 10% and like polish it and make it just like slam. And he like, Oh man, he's so good. It's incredible. It's another, like we were talking about another specialist, you know, like you're a, you're a Jack of all trades, but you are doing all of the things that you do at a very high level, but I don't mix at all. Okay. Basically zero. I hand my shit off to somebody and they make it into a into something that sounds like music you know like i i I imagine for you you're like you're saying it's kind of like hey like i know that i could do this pretty well there but they're managing to make it even even better because that's what he does all day oh man you know he's he like he like came up with all the moves that like people like do all the time you know like there's there's so many things that he like he was like the guy that like came up with all this stuff in terms of like just like mixing so it's just like oh well like I could do this or like I could give it to this person with like 20 more years of experience I don't, or whatever. And <laughs> yeah. just, he's just like, he's just so good. You know? Yeah. Well, I guess I was, uh, I was shocked because I thought the EP sounded awesome. Oh, like, thanks. And, yeah. uh, I mean, I wasn't shocked because I didn't think 
you could do it or something, but just like, I don't think I've ever heard you mix that kind of metal. Like, yeah, you know what I mean? Like the real heavy shit with the yeah. <laughs> real drums and. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I was, I was definitely like getting my ass kicked a little bit. Like when I was mixing the EP, like, like, there was there were moments where I was like, oh, I'm like really overwhelmed because like, th- you know, people were like not happy with, you know, how certain things were translating. And it was like a big learning process for me to like, you know, I had to go on YouTube and like watch like metal mixing tutorials and figure out, I'm like, well, how do I get the drums to like hit harder? Like why, like why can't I get like the bass, the bass drum and the kick to like work well together all this stuff and like you know i go back and listen listen to it i'm like oh man i wish i did it a little bit differently but eh, that's fine I, if, if you think it sounds good then i guess like mission accomplished you know i'm a little curious about your guitar tone on that because it oh. was it's super duper clear it sounds to me like either single coils or oh like, yeah or like real low gain but you fucking i don't know if you're just smacking the shit out of it or what but like a lot of it is single coils. In the last like year or so, like I've the older I get, the more all I really want to do is become uh, the archetype of the the mystical strat man, uh-huh. you know, uh, of which you know that's you know Jimi Hendrix, uh, Jeff Beck, Richie Blackmore, Ingve Malmsteen, you know, yeah. like yep. a guy that plays a strat with like some like a little magic you know (laughs) yeah um i just i really like that sound uh i feel like strat single coils uh just like they hit in a certain way and to me like you know everybody uses humbuckers already so and like you know my favorite guitar player is like eddie van halen and he's that's like the perfect humbucker sound so I, i don't know i'm just trying to do something a little bit different i guess but uh and like not all of it is single coils, but yeah, like my my rhythm tone for Firstborn is very uh, uh, on the cleaner side. I mean, that first EP, it, it kind of depends on the song, but um, like some some of the songs are like the Ableton amp uh, into like I there's this one uh, IR that I kind of always use. Uh, I think it's called like the Catharsis. I don't know. It's like the, it's like the one metal one that like everybody was using for a while but and i still use it because it like kind of has like the ideal eq curve for me but uh yeah like sometimes it's the ableton amsim uh sometimes uh there was like a there's like an amplitude fender pack and i think there's like a super reverb in one of those do you remember we used that for the uh for that one video that we oh did? yeah okay yeah yeah <laughs> Yeah. Che- guys, check it out. First of all, there's a bunch of my own videos on the Gear Gods channel. It's so if you true. just like search, we've done some like real fun, silly shit. Yeah. Um, like dr- driving down the PCH. Oh, a le- that's a legendary video. Legendary. And then the one with the dancing skeletons. Um, that's the one that we did for the, um, I think it was for the IK. Fo- uh, yeah, oh, yeah. The Amplitude yeah, yeah. Fender thing. Um, but lately I've been using. Uh, the uh the helix and like i basically my workflow these days is i just have the helix floorboard i'll basically like i have like a couple of like tones that i've made but like you know i'm always like searching for i'm always trying to like refine the sound um but the helix is super cool because they like update it every once in a while and they'll put new stuff they just put a new amp in that thing called like I think it's called like the Vento or the Vent. I don't. It's V E N T O U X. It is the best thing I've ever heard in my life, and the controls are like 
it's like they took it's, I, I feel like I designed it in a way like <laughs> I, it's like perfect instead of having uh bass middle and treble it's uh low pass middle and presence so like you know when you're like when you're dialing up a tone you're like this is great but it's like a little bit too flubby oh I'm sorry high pass it's a high pass I can never fucking remember <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. um yeah. So like you just you just turn the high pass up until it stops being flubby and it it doesn't change the sound like it just it just it's like all the nice things that you like and I think I think in the literature they say it's it's a mix between like a Fender like tweed sort of sound and an orange so like kind of like a lower mid gain thing and man oh I like <laughs> I like I was like oh cool they dropped a new amp like I'll take my preset which I was using like the I go back and forth between like the JCM 800 and the, uh, the basement, and then I run it the the impulse response I run it into. I think the catharsis is like it's like the power section of a 5150 into like vintage 30s, you know, something real like modern metal-y or whatever. And like I'll either run like the basement into that or the JCM 800, and then when I put this new one in, I was like, oh, that this this is ideal, great, like clear, uh, clean tone that's like chunky you know it's it's got good like transient response um yeah like the old the older i get the more i do the the more like for like rhythm stuff like the more like clean i really like try to like dial in the guitar because you know if you think if you're thinking about like how your mix is gain staged like if you record like a super like gained out sound which is fine that's like what i do for solos so it sustains you're probably like mixing into like a guitar bus and you might or might not have like some compression on that and then that is like going to like your master chain which probably has all sorts of compression and load running on it and you know if you just think of everything like like a guitar amp is something that like compresses and saturates your sound so you're like taking that and then you're like running it into basically more guitar amps like compressors and mastering mm-hmm. those are like guitar amps if you if you do all your your compression and saturation like off the bat then you don't have room to do it later and it also like you know the clearer and cleaner your guitars is the more uh the more space like the other elements have in the mix like having like james play bass is like such a is such a cheat code because like his bass tone is like really like saturated and like full in the low end so it's like okay great like i don't have to do that on my guitar i can focus more on the mid-range and having that separation between my sound and his is what creates the like delusion of like a big sound it's like all these individual elements that are like really different combining into one if if I had like a super saturated tone and he had a super saturated tone, we would just be fighting the, each other the entire time. Um, and the same thing goes for the drums. Like, I remember when I first started like getting Chris's drums, I was like, oh, they're like cleaner than I I thought that they would be. And he was like, yeah, you want them to like you want stuff to like hit clean so you can like when you get, hit like the master and everything it's like that's like where, where your your power and your impact comes from is like all the stuff like hitting the master like super hard and you can't do that if your transients are getting cut off by like mad like early like gain staging basically i've also noticed that with single coil pickups because i also love the sound of uh i mean i like tellies oh but i love dude. a i love the sound of single coils there's a a point when you're turning up the gain where it does not become more saturated it only gets noisier yeah i find and so 
there's only so much. It's not like with a humbucker where you can just keep going and going and it just gets more and more saturated. Yeah. So there's a threshold where you have to start digging in harder. You have to you just yeah. have to play better and like it's not it's not going to make the the tone any more metal or heavy or or whatever yeah. or gainy. It's there's just a hard limit where you're just making noise. Yeah, because the single coils have more uh, like top end. Yeah, um, just because of. Uh, because it's one coil and it's not two that are like canceling frequencies. Right. Like that's why humbuckers sound more, have more mid range because there's less highs. And by comparison, single coils are a little bit more scooped. So yeah, like you're saying, there is, there is like a moment where like, it's like they can sound really bad, like really fast. (laughs) So, uh, so it's, it's, it's finding that kind of like nice, like, like butter zone where they oh man the the way just the way they like handle like palm mutes and like all this stuff like it just sounds like correct to me and uh i i got really like hip to that when uh like years and years and years and years ago i was like a intern like food runner guy at a at a studio one of the people that would come in and record all the time was keith richards and his recording rig literally is just uh two like fender champs which are like these little they're like single-ended class a amps they just have a volume knob and like they he like turns them up to like maybe three or four which is like just the edge of it breaking up and you know you're like keith richards doesn't he use like a big like amp or whatever i was talking about this tech he was like no like you want it to sound like an acoustic like you want it to be like an acoustic guitar you know so you like you want to get it so like the engineer can record it and then like the engineer has then room to like do his thing in the mix like if you send them something that's like super like saturated and distorted there's only there's only so you can only turn that up and down when you have a little bit of room to like play with the dynamics play with like the envelopes and like compress stuff in certain ways like there's just so much more you can do with it. Yeah. I want to change tack a little bit because okay. I've had this question in my in my brain since we were talking about it before I remembered what it was. Oh, nice. Um, <laughs> Callback. We actually don't usually even uh, do this much gear talk on here. Oh, whoops. Just be- oh no, no, no. I, I mean, I was very curious. I wanted to know because I loved the guitar tone so much. I had to, I had to hear your uh, your philosophy on it, you know. And you're a guitar player. It's very, tone is important. Yeah, you know. So, but uh, what I wanted to ask about is because we were talking about pushing yourself and um, trying new things, stepping outside of your comfort zone. This is something that I think about a lot. There are certain sounds that sort of catch fire in the mainstream, like s- stuff that that will become such a big deal that people start copying it and co- making copies of copies. For example, pretty recently, uh, reggaeton became a, a huge deal, right? Like it was, there were huge hit reggae. I mean, not not like super recently. I'm 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 pretty far behind. But like songs having reggaeton influence uh, rhythmically, like that that fucking beat is everywhere. Right. Yeah. But there was there's like an origin point to that, right? It wasn't. It didn't just appear out of nowhere. There are people actively seeking out new sounds. Yeah. To you to utilize in new stuff, like you've, you like you were talking about. You're you know if you're working with an artist. You're trying to figure out what they're listening to, trying to create an, a new sound. Um, is there anything 
that you do to find stuff like that? Like, are you seeking out new music oh, and yeah, listening to time. it all the time? Whenever I work with people, I'm like, what are you listening to? Like, tell me. Everybody in Firstborn kind of like, we all just like send songs to each other. Like, Chris will send me stuff all the time. Like, dude, check this out. And it's like stuff I never thought he would like listen to. He sent me like the, whatever the last, what is it, Volbeat? The, uh-huh. yeah he sent me that record i was like this is awesome he was like yeah i know right i was like <laughs> yeah all right sick yeah so i've been like jamming that one of my new year's resolutions this year was like i wanted to catalog what i was listening to and be a little bit more organized about like the you know you need input for output right so you got to be like listening to stuff and you got to be like and you can't you know i get bored so i i just will go out and like try to find like new stuff to listen to so one of the things i've been doing that's been super helpful is i just have a monthly playlist so it's april now right so i have like january february and march and now april playlists like whenever i hear a song whether like i i have like a sirius xm uh radio in my car i'll just like go to different stations and listen to different stuff like my jam right now is uh there's a station called willie's roadhouse it's kind of like all the outlaw country stuff which uh that started a huge uh dwight yoakam uh like journey for me i'm like obsessed with dwight yoakam now uh but yeah like i so i i just i catalog like what i'm listening to and then uh when i you know if i'm writing and i'm and I like don't I'm like, well, I don't know what to do. Like, you know, because everybody gets writer's block. It's not like I sit down at the computer and just like output excellence all the time. Like I'm either doing stuff that's bad or I'm like struggling, being like, whoa, uh, like, what am I, what do I do? Like I'm so depressed. Like, you know, like, <laughs> so I'll go I'll just like put on one of those playlists and like, you know, like a lot of this stuff sometimes is just like taking stuff from things that already exist like whether it's like like a rhythmic feeling or like a style or like maybe like maybe like a chord move or or something like 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 taking that like all right cool like i really like this song i love how like the the riff is in the song and so i'll like i'll play the riff and i'll be like okay cool like all right well like what if it's like double the speed or like what if it's in a different key what if it's halftime what if like in that song like the drums are doing like doom chat doom doom chat like what if i reverse the snare and the kick what if it's doing a blast beat you know like all <laughs> the, you know like and then like sometimes that that's like a really good way of just like getting yourself like out of this like oh it, the inspiration's not coming it's like all right well you know it's like think about like the blues right like how many different songs have that like blues chord change you know it's a it's a genre of music that's meant to be like it's meant to go places you know it's it's like a common format that people agree upon so like people can make so people can iterate off of it so like sometimes a a really helpful thing is just you know take the stuff that you like listening to and make like an iteration of it and you know there's a there's a there's a really fine line between like ripping something off and like being inspired by something and like you know like doing it backwards or or something like that but um i forget the original question i feel like i've been rambling but uh no this yeah is, this is gold dude yeah okay yeah, uh, well just like just uh seeking out inspiration you have in to, you other ha- stuff I, like i have to outside if, i find in my moments where i'm like um i haven't come up with anything in a while like i haven't made anything it's because i'm not listening to stuff and th- this kind of ties back to you know seeking out 
situations where you get pushed like you know getting getting back into like k-pop stuff again i don't know if like major label like prop acts like ever do this but like there are they you know they send around like uh there's like lists of like stuff that they're looking at and they're like we we kind of like these songs and like uh you know and so like i just made a playlist of all their like of like the references you know it's stuff that i would like never listen to like you know sometimes like really corny like pop stuff but you know i'll just like listen to it because like you know if it's like a, a song that i think is corny but it has like a billion plays there's probably something in there that's like you know like there's probably some like expert level something going on in there that like i can like listen to and be like oh wow that's kind of like a unique thing that they did anytime i find myself listening to something that i'm not necessarily enjoying on a just a personal level i always go like okay now i'm doing research like yeah. now i'm doing i'm just listening for i know that i can learn something from yeah this. like i'm an, i'm annoyed that i'm listening to this song that's like a ubiquitous right now it's on the radio every time i hone up and it like pisses me off because i think it sucks but like yeah what's in here that like people like you know what what is it that like that like is making people like desire the song so much or whatever yeah i felt that way about ghost by justin bieber oh that's a good one yeah, yeah when i went and listened to it it was because it was the number one song in in america or whatever and i listened to it and i was like this is so basic in every single way like so uh so very formulaic and loopy with the like same fucking four magic chords of all time and like and i was so frustrated because i was like it's not even a good by Justin Bieber standards, but I was like, all right, there's got to be something in here because if it's this big of a deal, it, there must be something resonating. that they're... Yeah, it's resonating. What am I missing? That's my first thought. Yeah. Something I try to keep in my mind is, you know, it's okay to be vanilla. Like, not all vanilla is, like, created equal. Like, I've had, like you know like gourmet like exquisite like vanilla bean like ice cream before that i like remember tasting yeah. there's a, like vanilla is like an important flavor and the people that can like wield vanilla in interesting ways are probably some of the like the best people out there you know exquisite vanilla yeah well this is all pure fucking gold to me this is all oh. high, high high quality madagascar vanilla you know the 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 vanilla is fucking expensive have yeah. you ever noticed this yeah. it's like you get you get real vanilla like a bean it's like 20 fucking bucks for one bean um so this is the high grade madagascar vanilla bean i love hearing what you've got to, what you have to say on all of this stuff we could talk about this till the end of time but yeah, I, we could. at this point i feel like i'm holding up your you doing all of the things that you just told us about i want you to let all the people at home know when they can expect the new Myron, do you have a, you have a release date? Summer. I don't have a hard no, date, date but... yet, but like it's done. I got to get like, you know, can't just be a recording artist anymore. I got to have some content. I got, you know, <laughs> I'm working on some stuff. All um, right. But that's, but it's coming. Yeah. New Firstborn on the is way. on the way. Late, late this year, maybe early next. I really want it to come out this year, though. All I think about is putting Firstborn out and like playing I don't know, Hidden, like a bar with these guys. In the fucking road. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just anything. Please. Yeah. You unfortunately had picked a shitty time to start an awesome oh, band. <laughs> but dude. <laughs> but at so least you're gnarly. gonna have a tidal wave of material behind you yeah. to be to be hitting people with. Yeah. 
you know? And then where is the best place for people to find you? I mean, my music's on Spotify, both both my own and uh, and Firstborn is on Spotify. Firstborn is on Spotify courtesy of DistroKid. Uh, we use the split feature of DistroKid. I made everybody in Firstborn sign up for a DistroKid account. And uh, yeah, that's how we do it. It's amazing. I think I think if you're in a collaborative project, it's like the best one. Also, shout out to uh, Death Metal Office Drumming. Uh, I don't if for the viewers at home, if you've ever seen the Death Metal Office Drumming YouTube video, that is the guy that started DistroKid. So you know that it's a metal friendly platform. If that guy is the brains behind it, you totally blew my mind with that fact as you were walking in here. That yeah. was that was so funny. It's one of my favorite. So now I got to go back and check it out because yeah. that's yeah, that's like artifacts of the early internet yeah. style. And in the in the description for that video, he was like, "Check out my new website. It's called DistroKid. It helps you like get your music on all the platforms. Amazing." I learned so many things today. So and a perfect tie-in. What a transition to me saying. Thank you to DistroKid for sponsoring today's episode of the How Songs Are Made podcast. Yeah, I've also out. dropped a um, a link to uh, the playlist that you sent me of stuff that you've also worked on. Oh, cool. Yeah. Um, in the description. So if you guys want to check that out and hear some stuff that Myrone has, has written and or produced as well. So thank you so much for taking the time yeah. to be on. This was super Thanks fun. Thanks for having me, man. Fun and educational. Good to be, good the to best be kind of. Yeah. Whoa. What? <laughs> Whoa. Oh. That's actually just a new Zoom background. That's a that's a feature of Zoom. Make yeah. it seem like you're in real there together. <laughs> that looks so silly. Well, thanks again, dude. And uh, check y'all at home. Check out the uh, How Songs Are Made podcast.com for all of these episodes. This will become an audio episode as well very soon, and we'll see you real soon. <laughs>